Ashley Brock reads I am Palmer's book, A Man of Means, Chapter 4. The Hart Ranch was almost as Meredith had pictured it, with neat wooden fences concealing electrified fencing, improved pasture land and cattle everywhere. There were also pastures with horses, and there was a barn big enough to store a commercial jet. Would you love the house itself, with its graceful arches reminiscent of a Spanish architecture and the incredible number of small trees and shrubs around it? In the spring, it must be glorious. There were two ponds, and a decorative one in the front of the house, and a larger one behind the house, in which a handful of ducks shivered in the November sun. Do you have goldfish in the pond? She asked excitedly as Ray stopped the car in front of the house on an inland stone driveway. Goldfish and koi. He answered, smiling reluctantly at her excitement. We have a heater in the pond to keep them comfortable during the winter. There are water lilies in there, too, and a lotus plant. Does the other pond have goldfish, too, where the ducks are? She wondered, little chuckle. The other one is because of the ducks. We had to net this pond to keep them out of it so we'd have some goldfish. The ducks were eating them. Oh, I see, she said. Must be beautiful here in the spring, she said dreamily, noting the gazebo and the rose garden and stone seats and shrubs around the goldfish pond. It's beautiful to us year-round. Leo told her with lazy affection. We all love flowers. We've got some more roses in a big flower garden around the back of the house near a stand of pecan trees. Tess is taking courses in horticulture, and she works with hybrids. I love roses, Meredith said softly. If I had time, I'd live in a flower garden. I suppose cleaning rooms is time-consuming, Ray murmured sarcastically as he got out of the car and went in the front door of the house. Leo glanced at her curiously, but Ray was out of Here's your, your clean rooms. I don't, she told him with a sharp grin, but I'm living down to your brother's image of my assets. Yes, Leo's personal. Now, that's interesting. You sound like a woman with secrets. More than you'd guess, she told him heavily, but none that I'm ashamed of. She had it quickly, just in case he got the wrong idea. Ray doesn't like you, does he? He murmured almost to himself. I wonder why. He's not like that. It's not like him to pick on sick people. I'm not sick, she said. I'm just battered, but I'll heal. Sure you will, Leo promised smiled. You'll be safe here. The only real chore you'll have is baking. By the time you're completely back on your feet, your wild, your father will so, be sober and in counseling, and your li home life will have changed drastically. I hope so, she said huskily. You watched your eyes grow tragic and haunted, he found. Meredith, he said so. If you need to talk, ever, I can listen without making judgments. She met his clear dark eyes. Thanks, Leo. She said with genuine gratitude. But talking won't change a thing. It's a matter of learning to live with things. Now I'm intrigued. Don't put, she said gently. I'm not able to talk about my problems yet. They're too fresh, too painful. And more than just your father, or I'm a dirt farmer. You know, she said, perhaps. Anyway, just take your time and let the world pass you by. You're going to love it here, I promise. Am I? She watched Ray come back out of the house with an elderly later and so wringing her hands on her apron. That's Mrs. Lewis, Leodore. We talked her into coming back to bake biscuits for us, even though she's retired, but now we're losing her to arthritis. She's going to show you the ropes, but not right now, he added. No time like the present. Meredith discreet with a smile. Busy hands make busy minds. I know how that works, Leo murmured drolly. Ray opened the back door and helped Meredith out. Mr. Lewis, this is Meredith Jones, our new cook. Meredith, Annie Lewis, she's retiring again. He made it sound like a shooting offense. 
Oh my, yes, I'm losing the use of my hands. I'm afraid, Miss Lewis said. Glad to meet you, Miss Jones. Glad to meet you too, Mrs. Lewis, Meredith replied. I'll take, I'll take your bag to your room while Miss Lewis shows you around the house, really. She just got here. Leo protests, and there's no time like the present to show her the house. Ray replied. That's just what she said. Leo sighed. Ray glanced at Meredith, who gave him a wicked grin, and followed along behind Annie Lewis, who was making a valiant effort not to ask about the terrible bruise on Meredith's face. It's a big sprawling house, and it takes a lot of cleaning, Mrs. Lewis said, as she led Meredith down the long hall, open doors to the very masculine bedroom books. Bedrooms, both with dark, heavy, Mediterranean furniture and earth tones in the drapes and carpets. The men aren't messy, thank God, but they track in all that mud and dust, an animal fur. They have beige carpeting when I came here. She glanced at Meredith with shiver. Ruddy mud just won't come out of beige carpet or anything else, Meredith added on a soft smile. They were called in their way a lot, but the foreman lives in the bunk house with a couple of bachelor cowboys and the lookout for you. I don't know that I'll be here very long, Meredith Parkway. They offered me the job so that I can have time for these to heal. She touched her face, looked straight at the older woman who was struggling not to ask the question in her eyes. Nobody will hurt you here, Mrs. Lewis said firmly. Meredith smiled. My father got drunk and beat me up, Mrs. Lewis, she explained matter of He's a good and kind man, but we've had a terrible tragedy to work through. He hasn't been able to cope with it except by losing himself in a bottle. And now he's gone too far and he's in jail, she said. I tried so hard to help him, but I couldn't. <laughs> Mrs. Lewis didn't say a word. She put her arms around Meredith and rocked her in them. The shock of it brought the tears that she'd held back for so long. She wept until her body shook with sobs. Ray, looking for her, stopped dead in the doorway of his bedroom and met Mrs. Lewis Misty's eyes over Meredith's bowed shoulders. Shocked him to see the feisty, strong woman collapse in tears. It hurt him. Mrs. Lewis made a gesture with her eyebrows and a severe look. Ray acknowledged it with a nod and a last glance at the younger woman as he walked back down the hall. Supper was righteous. Meredith had made a huge pan of homemade biscuits and ferreted out all sorts of preservatives to go with them. For an entree, she made fajitas with lean beef and sliced vegetables, served with wild rice and a salad. Dessert was fresh fruit and fresh whipped cream. The only concussion concession besides the biscuit that she made the fat calories she also found some light margin to set out this is good ray commented as he glanced at her we usually have broiled or fried steak with lots of potatoes not bad once a week or so but terrible for your cholesterol she pointed out with a smile she finished her shot lean beef is okay for you but not in massive doses you sound like a dietitian leo chuckled Modern women have to keep up with health issues, she said basically. I'm responsible for your health while I'm working for you. I have to be food conscious. That's fine, retorted But don't put tofu and bean sprouts in front of me if you want to stay here. Her eyeballs are. I hate tofu. Thank God. Leo said as he buttered another biscuit. I got fed tofu salad the last time I went to Brewster's for supper. <laughs> he added with absolute delight. I ate the olives and the cheese and left the rest. I can't say that I blame you, Meredith said, laughing, because he looked so forlorn. Jamie Brewster thinks tofu is good for him, Ray commented, but she thinks he needs therapy more. He doesn't like fish. She says that has some sort of connection to his fear of deep water. He glanced at his brother with a look infection. She's a psychology major. She already has an associate degree from our local junior college. She's 20. 
Leo said with a twist of his lower lip. She knows everything. She just got her associate degree this spring, Ray had him. Good. Maybe she'll get a job in New York. Leo said darkly. Why New York? Meredith asked her. Well, it's about as far east as she can go and find her sort of work. And she'd be out of my hair. Ray gave him a covert glance and finished his fajitas. Meredith finished her own meal, got up to refill coffee cups. She had a feeling that Leo was more interested in the new Purius Pierce girl than he wanted to admit. We need groceries, she told them when she served dessert and they were eating it. Mrs. Lewis made me a list. You can use one of the range trucks to drive to town, Leo suggested carelessly. Her fingers twirled with her. I haven't driven in several months. You don't drive, <laughs> Rick explained, shocked. She couldn't meet his eyes. I take buses. Cars made her feel guilty. Why? She remembered the day she should have driven. The memories were, Meredith, this is all right. Leo said gently, sensing something traumatic about her behavior. I'll drive you, okay? You won't, Ray You're in worse shape than she is, which brings up another point. You don't need to be walking around town like that. He told her. She wasn't offended. It was a relief. She even smiled. No, I don't guess I do. Will you do the shopping? She asked him, her wide, soft eyes steady on his. He felt wild, a little thrill shooting through his body at the impact. It had been years since he'd been so shaken by eye contact alone. He didn't move. He just stared at her. His dark eyes unblinking. Curious. His body rippled with vague hunger. Leo, watching the eye contact, tried not to grin, cleared his throat, and Ray seemed to remember that he had a forkful of fruit halfway to his mouth. He took it in the rest of the way, chewed it carefully before she so, I'll get the groceries, Ray volunteered. He glared at both of them, noting the shaped place where Leo had stitches near the back of his head. Obviously, I'm the only one here who can walk around without drawing curious stares from bystanders. Leo buttered another biscuit. That sounds like sour grapes to me. If you want attention, try walking around without your pants. I didn't say I wanted attention. Ravy turned hotly. Good thing. He glanced at Meredith with a mischievous smile. He looks like hell without his pants, he said conversationally. Harry's legs of the bunch. That's debatable. Ravy back. Yours are much better. What a good thing you two aren't Scottish, Meredith said demurely. Took a minute for them to get it. Then Leo burst out laughing, trying to pick his younger brother in a kilt. Ray lifted a corner of his thin mouth, but he was in a smiling mood. It bothered him that Meredith had been crying in Mrs. Lewis's arms, that she didn't drive, that she was so mysterious about her life. She was 23, almost 24. Most women by that age have been involved in a serious relationship, some more than other than one. Many had been married. His heart skipped. Was that her secret? He remembered watching a rubber ring finger in the car. He glanced at it curiously. She didn't wear a ring, and there was no sign that she'd been wearing one there. She didn't act married. She hadn't talked about having a husband. She was single, apparently by choice. But had there been men in her past? He was still carrying scars from his one great love affair, from the deception he'd endured. Meredith had gone out walking to a party in a rig that made her look like a prostitute. She'd been comfortable doing that. Wasn't something an innocent girl would have considered. Knowing that, he looked at her in a different way. Speculative. She had a nice figure, and she wasn't all flushing smiles like Jamie Brewster when Leo was around. Meredith 
Meredith was oddly mature for her age, almost matronly. She seemed to be used to giving instructions, too. She was a puzzle that disturbed him. What if she was hiding something sordid in her past? He and Leo had taken her in on faith and pity, but now he wondered if they had made a terrible mistake. If she were in league with the men who robbed Leo, they might have a dangerous situation developing. What if she'd planned the whole thing as a means to an end? Basically, Ray didn't trust her. It wasn't going to be to let down his guard either no matter if it looked at her looking at her did raise his blood pressure she wasn't going to know that she did and he kept his eyes open all the time just in case the days turned to a week Mara's painful bruises faded slowly she lost some of the brooding sadness that seemed to cling to her like the jeans she wore around the house when she was working she found a slower, easier pace strange, and she missed the urgency of her daily routine. But as the days went by lazily, she realized that she hadn't really given herself time to think. She avoided it, ignored it, hoping that the past would vanish. Now she was face to face with it, forced to reflect on what had happened. She sat beside the fish pond one sunny afternoon between chores and watched the goldfish under the surface of the dark water as they moved sluggishly. The water wasn't frozen, but it was cold. The pond heater only kept a small area heated so the fish were limited in movement. She could imagine how it would be to sit here in the summer and watch them move around in their watery world with flowers blooming all around. She loved planting flowers. She missed her home, her bulbs and shrubs, the familiar things she accumulated around her. Now it was all gone, sold without a second thought to make the memories bearable. It was too late and she wished she'd been more sensible. There were things she should have kept. Mike's stupid baseball cap, the one he always wore on the rare occasion when he wasn't working, when he went fishing. She missed her mother's collection of small silk Chinese boxes and her pretty evening gowns. She had all those things that way. At the time, it had seemed reasonable to cut all the ties with the past. It didn't now. The sound of a truck pulling up to the front door caught her attention. Ray and Leo had been out of town for two days, attending another cattle convention, this time in Denver. They climbed out of the cab of the big six-wheeled pickup truck, treated their suitcases from the back, waving as the ranch truck pulled right out and took off down the road. Meredith got up and went to join them. Want some coffee and pie? She asked with a smile. That would really hit the spot, Leo said, returning the smile. I hate commercial flights. You're the smart guy who said our jet needed to be overhauled. Ray reminded him. It did, Leo replied. Ray was looking up Meredith. Meredith the bruises are fading, he remarked. You have more color, too. I've been getting out in the sunlight, she replied easily. I like to watch the fish, even though they don't move much. You might put a big aquarium inside, Ray remarked, unaware of his brother's quick, curious glance. I like fish myself. They've done studies, Meredith volunteered as they stood aside to let her into the house first. They say watching fish swim is calming. It helps relieve stress. God knows we could use some of that, Leo chuckled, especially when cattle prices fall and feed prices go through the roof. Cattle raising must be a complex process, she remarked. Very complex, Ray said. He frowned as he watched her. Hips or, he asked. She laughed subconsciously. Well, yes, it is. How does she know? You've got a light limp on the right side. Barely noticeable. She rubbed her hip subconsciously. I fell on that side the night Dad hit me. She told him, slurs pretty hard. There's a whirlpool bass in your bedroom, Ray reminded her. It'll help with the soreness. I discovered that, she said grinning. What a luxury. We only had a shower at home, and it's temperamental. Ray gave her a look. When we've had time to, to catch our breath, I'll see what I can find out about your father, if you like. Her face ran. That would be nice. 
He smiled slowly, like in the way her pale eyes seemed to glow when she was pleased. She wasn't bad-looking at all. Her figure was just about perfect. He wondered how she could have remained single for so long with her homemaking skills, not to mention her sweet personality and that knockout body. She was watching him with equal appreciation and total unaware of it. It leaped powerful physique that made her think of Rodeo. He walked with a unique sort of grace, and he didn't stop or slouch ever. She liked his eyes best of all. They were almost a liquid brown, and they had black rims around the pupils. He was rugged and sensuous. She looked at his wide thin mouth and wondered, for the first time, how to feel to kiss it. Her thoughts horrified her. She dragged her eyes away. She used herself in an absolute flasher to go make coffee. Leo lift both eyebrows and stared at his brother after she was out of his Well, well, he remembered. You do seem to be making an impression on Cut it out. It's testy. And vice versa. Came the irritated reply. Ray made a rough sound in his throat and stomped off down the hall to his room. Put down a suitcase. Took out his suit and dress shirt. And got into jeans and a checkered long sleeve work shirt. Glanced at himself in the mirror as he buttoned home. His eyes blinked as he recalled the wild flush on Meredith's cheeks. Shouldn't please him. He didn't trust her. She could be trying to play them all for suckers. But he smiled. Just the same. Meredith had coffee and cherry pie and sausages on the table by the time the brothers were changed and walking into the kitchen. Coffee's fresh, she said. Aren't you having any? Ray asked. I have to get the clothes into the dryer. She excused herself with a quick smile. Yell if you need anything. She was gone in a flash. Ray stared brutally at his pie and frowned. She didn't want to have coffee with them. Why? You make her nervous, Leo said, answering the unspoken question. She knows you don't trust her. Ray frowned as he nibbled at his pie and sip coffee. I don't know her, he replied. Give his brother's ring glance. We've always done background checks on employees, he had firmly. I don't think we should make an exception of her, even though she's temporary. Translated, that means you want to know more about her than you do. Leo Jogman, maybe I do, Ray confessed, but she's in a position to do a lot of damage if she isn't what she seems. You could have been killed or suffered brain damage, he added quietly. If she's in codes with the guys who mugged you, he let the sentence trail off meaningfully. Leo Gomez, I don't like poking into people's private business, he replied, but you're right, it's risky not to check her out. I'll get the agency on her first thing tomorrow. Ray said he took another bite of pie. She's all of a good cook, Kimberman. Make good coffee, too. Leo commented. They looked at each other and grimaced. It was going to upset Meredith if she found out what they were up to, but it was too much of a gamble not to find out what they could about her background and character. On the other hand, Leo promised himself he was going to intercept that background check before Ray had a chance to see it. If Meredith had had secrets she was hiding for a good reason, he wasn't going to give her away to Ray. It took several days for the private detective to get back. Get to the case and send a report to the hearts. Ray was out of town at a one-day seminar on a new spreadsheet computer program the brothers were using for herd records when the report arrived. Leo carried the report into his office and closed the door while he read it. When he finished, he let out a harsh breath. So that was Meredith's secret. No wonder her father drank. No wonder she was so resented and quiet about her past. He smiled as he considered her true profession, and he was determined that Ray wasn't going to know about it until it disclosed was inevitable. Ray was too prone to conclusion jumping and rushing to judgment. It was about time he had a set down, and Meredith was just the woman to give it to him. 
Meanwhile, he let Ray work on hanging himself. Obviously, Meredith was enjoying her anonymity, considering the high-powered pressure of her daily job. It wasn't surprising that she found mundane housekeeping a nice change. wouldn't hurt to let her enjoy the vacation from stress without probing into her feelings. No doubt she still felt the grief even after several months. Touched her report with idle fingers, frowning as he recognized one of the names on it. Mike had been a Houston police officer. He also had a friend of Coulter Banks, a Texas Ranger and cousin of the Hearts, who worked out of the Houston Ranger office. It really was a small world. He wanted to tell Meredith that he remembered Mike, but he didn't want to blow her cover. He also didn't want her to know that they'd been checking up on her. He put the file into the filing cabinet, deliberately putting it under the wrong letter of the alphabet. If Ray asked, he'd just tell him that the agency was working on it, but had other more urgent cases to assign agents to first. Meredith was alone in the house when Ray came in late that night from his business trip. Lee had gone to dinner at the Brewster's house again, presumably at the invitation of Janie's father, to talk about a new breeding bull the Brewsters were trying to sell him. She just started the dishwasher and was ready to turn the lights off in the kitchen when she heard Ray come in. He paused in the kitchen doorway, a black Stetson slanted over one dark eye, wearing a gray-vested suit that clung lovingly to the hard, muscular lines of his tall body. Meredith felt Ray ragged by comparison in her jeans and red t-shirt and bare feet. Her hair was disheveled because she'd been scrubbing the floor with a brush. She wasn't wearing makeup. She hadn't expected to see either of the brothers before she went to bed. Ray's dark eyes went to her pretty feet and he smiled. You don't like shoes, do you? <laughs> she grimaced. No, and it's not good to go without them. No arch support. She studied his lean face. He had dark circles under his eyes. Would you like some coffee and something to eat? I would, he said Emily. They gave me peanuts on the phone, he added with absolute disgust. She chuckled. The sound was pleasant, and Ray was surprised at how it touched him. How it touched him to hear her laugh. I'll make you a nice, thick, low-fat hand sandwich with sauce. Thanks, he said, sliding a chair out so that he could straddle it. He tossed his hat into the chair beside him, and his hands were his thick, dark hair. Make the coffee first, Meredith. I've got paperwork that has to be done tonight before the accountant comes to do the books in the morning. Can it wait? She asked Julie. You look more to frazzle. You need an early night. His eyes searched for hers and did. I don't need mothering. He said angry at all. Angry out of all proportion. She flushed and turned away. She didn't apologize or say another word, but her hand shook as she filled the coffee pot and started it brewing. Ray cursed himself silently for snapping at her. It was unkind, especially after she volunteered to feed him. She'd been working hard, too. Could see the spotless floor and the brush-in bucket she'd been using on it. She must have done it on her hands and knees. It's a big kitchen, too. It wasn't the only one who was tired. Got up from the chair and moved to stand just behind her. Clean hands caught her small waist, pulled her back against her. Against him. I'm sorry, he said, his voice deep and husky with sudden emotion. Cold fingers came to rest on his, and her whole body went rigid as a flash of white-hot pleasure shot through her. She got her breath, her head, he heard it. His own body taunted, and the hands around her waist suddenly grew possessive, rough, insistent as they pulled her tight against him. He could hear her breathing change. He could feel the faint tremor of her hands over his. Impulsively, he bent his head, and his mouth touched the side of her neck. End of chapter 4